Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. so good to see people in the room and to actually be able to say that, have a seat. It's kind of fun to be able to say that. Take a seat, everyone. It's like, yes, it feels like somewhat of a normal experience. Welcome to all of you. It's so good to have you here today. My name is Ron, and I'm the pastor here at Vital Point Church. Welcome to those of you online as well. And uh, we're just so thrilled that you are actually taking time to be part of our online experience as well. Before I jump into the message today, I do have a few announcements, or I shouldn't say announcements. I, I'm trying to get away from that. They're actually opportunities for you to become part of Vital Point Church. And uh, so we're talking about a number of different things over the course of the fall that we're super excited about. Uh, The first thing I want you to know about uh, is being able to serve in the life of our church. And uh, particularly within VPC Kids, the Vital Point Kids area, uh, we are super excited to be able to begin opening up our children's area on Sunday mornings. And so if you are interested in becoming part of that and you really like kids, and that's kind of a thing, you know, if you don't like kids, don't sign up. But if you like kids, we'd love for you to check it out and uh, find out more about that. You can go down after the service or just go online and check out what's going on at vitalpointchurch.com. Also, which is very important for us heading into the fall is this thing called connect groups. These are these groups that meet during the course of the week, and uh, we're starting those up, uh, relaunching some of them and some brand new ones uh, end of the month. And what I'm super stoked about is that we're going to be focusing our connect groups on this thing called Christianity Exposed. It's a series that we're going to teach through at the starting the end of September on the Gospel of Mark. And it's going to be an important series for us as a church, and so my hope is, is that you will dial in with that and become part of a connect group. You can go to vitalpointchurch.com. Everything's at the website, so I don't want to have to say it again. Everything's at the website. Go through that or in the Welcome Center downstairs. Last little tag-on thing. This week, we are excited to relaunch Vital Point students, VPC students, and that is happening starting Tuesday night at our office that's on this property. It's not in this building. We have a separate facility, which is our office space for students from grades 5 through 11. So I hope that you'll take advantage of that and be part of that if you've got a a student in your house in that age bracket. All right. So I'm going to jump in, and um, I want to talk today about vision. We've been in this series called Vitality. We started it last week, and we talk uh, this three weeks. We're going to be talking about uh, mission. I'm going to recap that in a second. Uh, We're going to talk about vision, and next week is going to be cause. So those are the, the pieces that come into play for helping us all understand what makes Vital Point Church Vital Point Church. What are the things that make us tick? Why do we do what we do? How do we express our faith as a church? And if you are newer to church, if you're newer to this church in particular, whether in person or online, and maybe you've got you know, lots of church experience from your past, or maybe you have very little, my hope is, is that this series will begin to paint a picture for you as to how you can become part of what is happening here. If you're a regular part of Vital Point Church, uh, you, this, some of the stuff you're going to be going like, Ron, I've already heard this. Well, I believe we need to get back on the same page again, because the last 18 months, 
not being in person, only being online, I think sometimes that vision mission cause can slip. And so we are starting this fall with getting us all on the same page. So let me recap very quickly last Sunday for our outdoor service on the lawn and online, if maybe you watched it there. We talked about the mission of the church. And we talked about it from the lens of understanding that Jesus gave a very clear mandate to the church. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before Jesus ascends back to his Father, his heavenly Father, goes back to heaven, he, re- he says these words that we, um, he says, you will receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will receive power to be my witnesses. And so we talked about this assignment that God has given as a mission to the church to be a witness. And the word witness, we talked about it from this perspective of the things that you've seen, known, and experienced. And so when you think about what Jesus was talking to his early disciples in Acts chapter 1 that the, the writer Luke captured for us, was this idea of living your, uh, in a way that reflects who Jesus is, but also what the kingdom of heaven looks like. In earlier part in Acts chapter 1, we see that. What we drew out for ourselves, and, and I hope that if you didn't see this, I hope this will land for you, is that we talked about this idea of simply showing up. Showing up is a simple step that we can take in our faith journey where we say each and every day, God, I don't know what you have for me today in my workplace, in my place of play, or in my place in my neighborhood, or in my family, whatever it might be. I don't know what it is that you have for me today, but I'm simply going to show up and trust that you are going to work in my life and through my life. And what is so incredible about this is that it takes away a bit of the fear many people have about sharing their faith. Because as soon as I start talking about you need to be a witness, you need to do this, and some of us who are followers of Jesus go, no way, that freaks me out. I'm not like Billy Graham. I'm, I'm not interested in going door to door or standing on a street corner. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the simplicity of understanding how you can in an everyday way in the places in which you run and are, are, are living in that you can just show up and say, God, I don't know what it is they have for me, but I'm just going to live in this moment and show up. Now, one of the things that I think is interesting about uh, sort of understanding mission and all this is that uh, a number of months ago, someone asked me, hey, Ron, can you describe Vital Point Church uh, to me in, in like a sentence? And I said, yeah, absolutely I can. And I said, Vital Point Church is an attractional church with a missional heart. And the person kind of looked at me and I said, well, you need to understand is that our mission is to attract people to Jesus, that we want to help people understand who he is. And so we live with this attractional idea of bringing and inviting and coming and experiencing the presence of God, maybe in a gathering like this or in other environments. But we also have a missional heart, which means that we want to live on mission. We want to live in a way that just simply shows up in the places in which we run and live in. I love that part of it because it really makes living our faith, if you're a person of faith, it makes it somewhat normal. It doesn't make it weird. It just makes it somewhat normal in the regular patterns of your life. Now, let's talk about vision. Let's talk about the vision. So mission is that mandate that doesn't change. We can't change that. Jesus gave 
to us. It's not in our responsibility to change the mission. But the vision comes into play as the vision is unique to the expression of the church that helps fulfill that mission. So each and every church will have a unique vision that helps fulfill it. Now, I'll I'll, I'll set it up this way for you. A few months ago, I was meeting with a pastor he was also a church consultant. And we were having uh, lunch on the patio at Fire Rock Golf Course, not far from here. And we were talking about a number of different things. And he said, Ron, uh, talk about your vision for Vital Point Church. What is your vision statement? And I said to him, oh, I know it. The vision is uh, to be a safe place for people to explore and grow in their faith and in their relationship with Jesus and the church. And I, I, if you know me at all, I can get pretty excited about it. And so I was animated. I was explaining it all and explore and grow. And I was like, so super jacked up and I was pumped. And he looked at me and he says, that's fine, but it's not very intriguing. And I'm like, what? And I had this moment where I was, and and then he said, and then he said to me, like, would you die for this vision? And I was like, maybe not. And so then we had this big, long discussion about vision and so on and so forth. So this sparked inside of me and you can imagine what this did to me. As you know, he's a you know pastor, church consultant, and he's saying your vision's boring and blah blah blah. So I go back to the drawing board. And I'm saying, okay, in the seven years, what has God done in Vital Point Church? Like, I want you to think about it. in seven years, seven years, He's brought two faith communities together. He's brought these these two expressions together and formed this kind of beautiful vision and mission that's being unfolding. And then I started looking at it and examining it and saying, okay, what is it that is happening here? And I began to realize something very powerful. I began seeing, as I look back, as, as I examined it, realizing that the statement needs to be made or determined and a sentence needs to come up or some expression to explain where we're going into the future. And so then I started working with a few of our staff and we started working through it. We landed on this and I hope this is something that you're willing to die for. You ready? <laughs> okay. All right. You're, you're ready. You're ready. It's odd to have people in the room talking to me, just so you know. It's like camera people, they don't talk back all that often. All right, so here, here it is. Here's the vision statement. To be a multi-site church that reaches thousands of people who are exploring and growing in their knowledge and their commitment to Jesus and his church. Okay. I, have my, I need to give you money for that. To be a multi-site church, multi-site church that reaches thousands of people that are exploring and growing and their knowledge and commitment to Jesus and his church. Let me unpack this for you, because you're probably wondering, well, why is a handful of people jacked up about this, and why are you super excited about this, Ron? I'm super excited about this statement, because we have seen this happen in the life of our church, and we believe it's happening into the future. Let me take you back to 2017. 2017, January 2017, I had a leadership meeting, some of you have heard this story before, where I was casting a vision to a group of leaders in our church, and I was using 1 Thessalonians, had to concentrate on that, Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 8, and this is what it says. It's, Paul says this to the church at Thessalonica, he says, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. 
Now, I don't have time to go into the background of this particular passage for us, but you need to understand that there was something happening in this local expression that was ringing forth, that was ringing out. And so in this leadership meeting, we started spontaneously yelling out the different places in which people were from in this meeting. And so people were saying Delaware and, and Lambeth and Mount Bridges and... Um, uh, Lucan and, uh, and Clandeboy. And uh, if you've never been to Clandeboy, you got to go. It's, it's a happening place. Um, Clandeboy. There's a family from Clandeboy in the room. Um, and, and so we started doing this. And what was so incredible was that just, we just started yelling out. And it was amazing. And we started realizing that there was all these different expressions of where people were living and coming to, to Vital Point. Two things happened at the end of this. We started cleaning up. And there was a woman in the meeting who was a, one of our leaders, and she d- doesn't do this, but she said, with a shaking voice, she said, I need everyone's uh, attention. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going to happen here? And she said, I need to pray over Ron and Desiree as to what God is doing here at Vital Point. So she just did this simple little prayer over top of over Desiree and I. And it was this crazy moment that was so powerful. What happened out of that was I just thought we'd go back and clean up, put the chairs away and the tables away. Another woman comes to me and she grabs me by the shoulders and she says, Ron, I want you to know that I have, I saw this vision of when we were talking about ringing out, that God is going to take Vital Point Church beyond one single spot and there's going to be multiple, multiple expressions of Vital Point Church. At that we were called Four City North. And she, and I, in this moment, I need you to understand I don't want to freak you out. But there was this moment where I felt like it was Jesus talking to me. I felt like this moment that I, I physically experienced the words that she was sharing with me. What she didn't know was that the leadership board of Vital Point Church at the time was talking about expanding into Huron County, into Exeter. She had no idea, no concept of what was happening. So this moment begins to unfold and we begin to realize that there is something powerful that is happening here. As much as I was trying to resist this idea of of another location, God was going, no, 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 I've got other plans for, for Vital Point Church. See, there's something you need to know about God that maybe you don't think much about or have this idea about God because we all have our different ideas about who God is and, and, and what God's like. If I were to say God is compassionate, you could probably nod your head. If God, God is love, you could probably nod your head. God is holy, you might nod your head. There's the justice factor of God. But did you know that God is a God of the multiplication as well? That God is a multiplier. And I, I love the fact that many of you math people just leaned in because you're like math nerds and you're like, what? Ma- multiplication? I'm in. Right? You can see just online, just hit the like button at that moment if you're a math person. Right? Just go ahead. It's okay. We love you. You can do it. Right? So God has got, got a multiplication. When you, when you look at the Bible, you begin to see something very strategic about God. When you see the first human beings, Adam and Eve, you see this in Genesis chapter one where it says this, that God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God looks at Adam and Eve and says, be fruitful and multiply. God says, we are about expanding. We are about multiplying. Multiplying. 
You can fast forward actually into Genesis chapter 12 and you see again the multiplication factor of, of, of God where he shoulder taps a guy named Abram and says, Abram, I am asking you to leave your kindred, leave your family and go. We see this in Genesis chapter 12, verse one and two. He says, go to a country. I'm gonna show you. I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll bless you. And then in Genesis 22, 17, he says again to Abram that you are going to multiply. Your family will be as many as the stars in the sky and the grain of sand in the seashore. He's saying again, there's a multiplication aspect to who God is. Now, that's all Old Testament, but we can go into the New Testament and we can see in Acts, the, the, the writer Luke he actually gives us a picture of the early church in Acts chapter 12, verse 22. It says, but the word of God increased and multiplied. Now, what I want you to know about Acts chapter 12 is that Luke inserts this little verse, this little description in a section where he describes the persecution of the early church where some of them were losing their lives as a result of the mission and vision of the church. And he's making it clear that even though there's persecution, even though there's uncertain times for the church, the church was increasing and multiplying. The church expanding and growing. Now let me say something here that I believe is important to say. Does this mean that every church should be a multiplication church in the sense of multiple sites and locations? No, I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. But here's the thing that I do believe is important to understand is that every church needs an element of multiplying where it is outward focused and increasing its understanding of the influence and the impact it has of being the witness to the mission of who Jesus is. Why is multiplication of sites so important for Vital Point Church? It's because I believe that God has shoulder-tapped us as a church for the purpose of starting other locations and other sites. This is an important part to, the, to who we are. And it comes down to what is called apostolic leadership. And you're like, like do you need cream for that? Like, what is that? You know, like, what is apostolic... I did not say that in the first service. <laughs> I blame all you 11 a.m. people for that. Right? And all you with masks, I have no idea if you're laughing or smiling or what. Um, apostolic leadership is a wiring of our church and in the, in the, in the senior level of our leadership that has the ability to leave locally and translocally. Those are the two things. Has the ability to leave within the local expression, but in the translocal expression as it relates to leadership capacity to lead in multiple expressions. That's the apostolic side of our leadership in our church. Now, we didn't sign up for this. It's just what God is doing. So when you look at what has happened in the life of our church as far as the multi-site expression goes, like tonight, we're relaunching Exeter at 6 p.m. Yeah, you guys all clap because you don't have to preach three times on a Sunday. I got to go up there tonight and preach up there the same message. Yeah, I know. You're like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, I can't wait to go up and do it, actually. I, I think this is important to understand. 
that yes, we have Exeter, and yes, we're looking at Clinton in 2022, and we already have our, our launch team coming together and praying for Clinton and into Godridge. And, and just so you know, the, the, um, the Clinton team is actually putting, I believe, a demolition car into the demolition derby this fall um, in Clinton. So if you want to go see a car with Vital Point Church on it, it just dawned me, other cars are going to be hitting it. It's just, maybe that's not a good idea, but anyway, all the other churches, anyway, forget it. Um, it's an important, I, I digress. What, what I mean by all this is that there is something powerful that happens as we look at what God is doing through uh, Vital Point Church, because I believe it's not only just the simplicity of, say, a site here in Poplar Hill that reaches into London and Strathroy and, and Exeter that reaches Huron and Clinton, but there's also a way which we believe God is doing this thing called microchurches or microsites where we have these expressions where people are going to start meeting in living rooms and in kitchens and where they stay together in their neighborhoods and they begin and they experience church online. They watch and they're okay with that and then they they do a meal together. We're talking with different people about this. They do a meal together and then they start praying for their neighborhoods and their communities because we believe that God is expanding and multiplying a way that only he can do. That only he can do. I guess our responsibility in this, in, in some ways, as I think about the multi-site church that reaches thousands, is this idea of just our continued faithfulness in taking steps forward. Our continued faithfulness in moving forward. So as I think about the multi-site church that reaches thousands, it's, you're looking around the room here and maybe online you're thinking like, I've seen the room, it's like only seats 150 people, how do you reach thousands? Well, it's because the, the vision that he's given to us is this idea of how we can reach more people through multiple locations. So it's not just one single thing. Now, you're like, okay, that's interesting, intriguing. Uh, what does it mean to explore and grow then? What does it mean to explore and grow in two things, knowledge and commitment? And commitment could be swapped out with obedience, but we're going to do, use commitment for now. Knowledge and commitment to Jesus and his church. Let's talk about growing. Let's talk about exploring and growing, okay? Exploring is a word that has been around Vital Point for a very, very long time. And the reason why that word is so important to us is that our posture or our mindset is that there are an enormous amount of people that are connected to you and to, this, and to the surrounding area and just in general that are searching for meaning, purpose, and contentment in life. That there are enormous amounts of people that are trying to find the answer to the inner turmoil that they feel in their lives. And so what happens is that there are many people who are searching in the spaces like, for example, they're like, I just have to have more toys. I just have to have to more things. Or I, I need to hire a, maybe a leadership coach. Or I need to see a therapist or something like that. Why? It's because there's an inner searching that we all have. Don't get me wrong on this. I have a leadership coach, just so you know. I have a therapist, just so you know. My wife made me go. I'm just kidding. She did not do that. She did not. I'm just kidding. It's just fun having you in the room and having people laugh. Um, it, I, she did not make me go. I went on my own. Um, I love, I love to have toys. Like if you wanted to see pictures of my road bike later, I'd be happy to show you and then followed by my granddaughter. But anyway, you get what I mean, right? We all have this. Our posture is, is that so many of us are searching, exploring, looking for the answers. We see this in the Bible. We see it in the Bible. 
there's this moment in John chapter four where Jesus interacts with this woman at a well. And it's a Samaritan woman. And Jesus is walking along with his disciples and he, like they go off into town to get something, get some food. And Jesus goes to this well and it's midday and he meets this woman there and it's a, this awkward interaction because of the dynamics of culture and everything. But Jesus begins to talk to this woman and he begins to describe to her a water that is different than what she was about to draw from the well. And he talks about this water that will spring up from within that is eternal. And he begins to paint a picture. And she's not picking up what he's putting down. She's She's not getting it. She's not understanding it until Jesus reveals something about her life that he knew. And he says, you know what? I know that you have multiple. He says, there's five husbands that you've had. What's the significance of that? Jesus pinpoints something in this woman's life that she has been searching for meaning and contentment and happiness and purpose in relationships that have left her flat. She needs to understand that he has something for her that is eternal, that is something that is different, that will satisfy her and will spring forth from her. She's like blown away by this. You gotta read the story for yourself. John chapter four. She goes tearing off into town and she brings a bunch of people out to see Jesus. And it says that many believed in him as a result of her because of what she had experienced from him. She knew all the people were exploring in her life too. You gotta come see this guy. He knows a lot about me. See, we understand that there is a posture that we have is that the vast majority of people are searching and exploring for things in their lives. And yes, some things will give them that satisfaction for a period of time or give them a sense of happiness for time, but then it wears out and we go, here at Vital Point, our posture is we know the answer. The answer is Jesus. And we're trying to help people understand that they can find fulfillment in a relationship with him. Now, what I also love about what has been happening in the life of our church as we've been examining this and really digging and pulling this apart over the last 18 months, we've not just been working in the church, we've been working on a lot of things, is that we've begun to realize that if we're gonna uh, explore and grow in the knowledge and commitment to Jesus and his church, what does it look like to grow in our faith? Because here's the thing that I want you to know, that if you're not yet a follower of Jesus and at some point by faith you trust in him, our heartbeat is that you will grow in what it means to be a disciple of Jesus or what some call the apprentice, apprentice to Jesus, and that your life will be interwoven into his life and his life into yours, okay? Now, faith has roots. It will grow roots, and there's a number of ways that that will happen. A lot of ways it will happen is the resistance in our lives. So, for example, you have pressure in your life that will come. There will be relationship, there'll be work, there'll be family, there'll be something that comes into your life and there is tension that is created and there's resistance. And sometimes God uses that resistance in our lives to bring about our strong root system. I'll explain it this way. Uh, yesterday, I was riding my bike from where I live in Hyde Park in Oxford. I rode up and through the country and then came here to the property in Poplar Hill. I was looking forward to a great ride. What happened yesterday was there was gale force winds Anyone remember the wind yesterday? I tried to ride my bike in it yesterday. I have no idea what my problem was. I was getting angry as I was riding. The wind was... And I'm just like, this is not fun. This is not what I signed up for. But as I was riding, I began to realize that the resistance of the wind is necessary for me to grow my strength as a cyclist. And so I just leaned in. I shifted down, put my head down. I just kept pedaling, just kept pedaling and kept pedaling. 
And I eventually arrived here and had to call my wife and I'm like, I'll be home in a little while. It's like super windy. But there's the thing that faith is the same way. There's elements of understanding that the resistance creates that strengthen us in our faith. But I also want us to know this, that there are intentional patterns that we have in our lives that will grow our faith as well. That there are rhythms and patterns in our lives that will strengthen our relationship with Jesus and understanding who he is. Every follower of Jesus who begins to understand the dynamic of the relationship will begin at some point to adjust patterns and rhythms and calendar in order to incorporate rhythms that reflect the life of Jesus. We did a series earlier this year called Holy Habits. And what we did was we took some of the holy habits of Jesus' life, like silence and solitude and rest and listening. And we looked at the dynamic of what those were for us in our understanding of our knowledge of Jesus and our, our commitment to him. We talked about through these things. If you missed it, go back and look for it on our channel because we were intentional about giving you these patterns and rhythms. Yes, Bible reading is important. Yes, prayer is important. But we realized we wanted to get away, away into other patterns that will assist those things in our lives, that we saw a dynamic of that. Jesus actually talks about this idea of living in the light of who he is. So I want, there was this verse in John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Jesus said to a few of them, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will, will have the light of life. Our conviction is, is that your growth as a follower of Jesus, if you so choose to be one, is this idea of living in the light of Christ, not your own light, it's not your light, it's his light that, shi- that shines in the darkness of our lives to give us a path to follow. And so we see uh, elements of his life of how he dealt with resistance, how he dealt with uncertainty, how he dealt with relational dynamics within his followers that were, were filled with tension. And we see this from a big picture perspective of living in the light of who he is. There's another dimension to this that we believe is so critical for you. As we think about what we pray about, what we plan about, what we strategize about when it comes to exploring and growing is this, is that our conviction is this, is that in order for that light to shine as bright as it can in your life, we need community. We need faith relationships that will support that. I'll explain it this way to you. On Thursday night, I had a campfire in my backyard. And I spent some time by myself, uh, a number of friends I invited, but they just couldn't make it. So I sat by myself, I had a campfire, and it was so amazing just to sit there. And I watched the fire burning, I was there for a few hours, I put on some, you know, some music, listened to some uh, faith-based music and, and some worship stuff, and, and I listened to a podcast as well, and then I just had some time of reflecting. And I had the logs all kind of there nicely, um, my campfire skills, and, and one of the logs flipped out on its own. And I got the poker, and I'm like trying to put the log back up in. It kept flipping out on his own. And, 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 and um, I, I, this is what happens to preachers. You need to understand there's these moments like, whoa, this is. As this log was on its own, I realized something very clearly, that this is what people need in their lives is community. And this log is not going to burn as bright as it can if it's on its own. It needs the others. And then it flipped out on its own. And I pick it back up and put it back because I want it to burn bright and create the warmth. I realized so quickly in that moment 
is that this is a picture of what God wants for us in our faith journey, is to be in relationship with others who are on this path of faith, learning and growing together, giving us a perspective of what it means to live out our faith. I also realized something else about this, and I, I just want to put it out there because I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting, I need to get more bold with this, is that I believe that if that log out on its own is also susceptible to the enemy's attack, and so our lives on our own outside of community are more susceptible to the enemy attacking, and the, the enemy will attack through lies, deception, false False truth, is that the word? I don't know, roll with it, make it up. Um, that on, on your own, we're susceptible to that. I've been doing some studying on something that I'm going to hopefully unpack in the future. There's a real movement right now within the Christian church that's concerning me a little bit, not a lot actually, is, and I'm gonna use this word that you may never have heard before in a faith context, that there's this deconstructing thing that is happening and there's some elements of it that I believe are important, but there's most of it that is scary to me because many who are deconstructing their faith are doing it on their own, outside of community, which means there's no other voices to speak into the process that is happening where people are starting to doubt and question some of the foundational truths of the gospel of Jesus. And the enemy is attacking those who are outside of that community. I, I say that very carefully, and over time, I'm going to unpack that more uh, over the fall for us. But there's a, an awareness that is happening. We need one another. There's a verse in, in, in Hebrews 10 that some of us may be familiar with, others may not. The writer says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as, your day, as you see the day drawing near. Stir up one another. I love that image. Stir it up for love and good works, good deeds. I don't know if you know this, but the word stir up actually means poke. It's like getting a poke, you know? It's like pokey in the eye, right? Or to spur one on. Just don't use the, don't poke each other in the eye, okay? Yeah, Dawson, don't do that, okay? It's that idea of moving someone forward in their faith journey because we need that in one another, the strength of our faith will often be determined by the strength of our relationships within community. And one of the heartbeats of our church and the vision of our church is to see people move towards that. And I love watching that. And I know we're not all ready for that. We're not all prepared for that. We're like, whoa, hang on a second. I'm not even sure God exists. I'm not even sure who this Jesus person is. That's okay. Keep coming, keep exploring. But there's others of us that are resisting community because we've not created the space in our lives and we're moving back to in person so we've already filled our calendars up and we're like, I just don't have time, you know, because we're running the kids everywhere and they're going here, going there. It's like, no, slow down, examine your calendar and ask, is there room for others in the same faith journey as you to help you grow in your faith? So when you look at the vision of Vital Point Church, and I hope you're still with me, is this. To be a multi-site church that reaches thousands of people who are exploring and growing in a relationship with Jesus and the knowledge and commitment of Jesus and his church. I just messed that completely up. To be a multi-site church that reaches thousands of people who are exploring and growing in their knowledge and commitment to Jesus and his church. Over the last 18 months, a lot has been going on. We all know that, right? We've all been living in it. 
But one of the things that I have noticed about what has been happening for not only Vital Point Church, but many churches in Canada, is that many churches in Canada are no longer trying to be relevant. They're trying to be resilient in a way where culture looks at the church through a different lens. Here's what I mean. Is that for so long, we've thought that the church needs to be relevant. But really, the church needs to stand out and be that beacon of light in culture where people look at and say, there is something different about that group of people and whatever they're on, I want some. Right? That's the call of the church. The early church was so incredibly impactful in culture, even even decades after the recording of the early church in Acts, that the church rose up in the middle of incredible persecution, incredible uncertainty, and didn't run from the problems, but ran into it as a beacon of hope and light. I, 18 months ago when all this went down, I said to our staff and a few key people, and I even preached on it quite a bit. You probably, if you're around, you probably remember this. But I said, I don't want to survive this. I want to thrive. I don't know what's coming. They told us two weeks. It's been a year and a half. Like, come on. What I've realized is that there is something uniquely powerful that is happening right now. And God is raising up his church in a way, specifically in Canada, yes, around the world, but let's just focus on Canada, in a way that's going to draw many, many more people to himself. Where the churches can be different. I'm going to do something. Um, I want to do something with you. I hope you go with, go me, go with me here. Uh, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Okay? Just close your eyes. Um, and I just want you to listen to the music for a second. July 1st, 1906. I want you to think about that date. You're like, Ron, why? July 1st, 1906, there was a group of followers of Jesus that sat in this room after they completed building this facility and dedicated themselves to being the church in this region. It was a group of people that actually moved up into Canada in 1820. There was a group of eight families that came here in 1820 and started a movement And then in 1905, they got this bug to build a building, and then they built the building. And July 1st, 1906, they sat in this room, looked different. But they had a heartbeat to reach this community in this region. What I want you to think about is how amazing it is that we, 115 years later, get to live into this story that God is telling. And my question for you is this, and I know there's some new people in the room and new people online, and there's some regular Vital Point people here too, which is great, is I want to ask you this question, will you jump in to the vision that God is doing? 
yeah, it's going to, well, yes, it's going to be sacrifice. Yes, it's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of effort to fulfill the vision that God has given to us. Yes, it's going to take a lot of resources. We understand that. But I want you to think about people that sat in this room 115 years ago. I've seen the pictures, I've I've read the story of that early church that was here in this room. They had a vibrant children's ministry. They even did big parades in Poplar Hill with these big signs about Jesus and the horseback rider preacher that would go before it and the pictures are beautiful and the pictures of the, a group of community of people that sat out front on the stairs and they took a picture of all these people gathered in this space and then it evolved over time and, and here we are 115 years later. The invitation is open to all who want to be part of what God is doing. My hope, my prayers is that God is speaking to you right now, no matter where you are in your faith journey.